the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. No, no, no. We're here, and we are live and local High Top 7 Parkway Center in Green Tree. So welcome to the show. We are now pre-recorded in Maybe I pre-recorded a bit. You did? Maybe probably. I did, and I didn't tell you. <laughs> really? What would that be if you were going to pre-record something? Well, maybe maybe I'm going to leave early. Oh. <laughs> so I thought I'd... It's like a best of Kathy. <laughs> You're going to keep doing the show live. <laughs> Great. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to blow out of here at the end of the uh, show because I'm going to the movies. So I I gotta go. Oh, so this is your way of telling me that you're gonna be rude when the show's <laughs> no, over. No, I'm just saying, I gotta go. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. You know, run down the hall there and uh, bye. on my way. Yeah, that's all. How are things? Thanks. I'm glad you told me that ahead. Is that like a preemptive just, apology? Well, because, you know, we're talking about pre-recording, so if I could, you know, I'm, oh, I'm not yeah. going to, but you know what I mean. Uh, I was gonna record some like a segment after the show today, and it's gonna be really important. Oh, but oh, you're, oh, no, sorry. But you're, hey, tomorrow you know, I do that. You ever go to a movie late? You ever do that? Remember? I don't go to movies. Oh, right. I remember going like to movies as a kid, and there was like no care for the start time. You'd like go in at whatever, and then go. Well, I'll just catch it. You know, I'll sit and wait for the next one to start, and come. So you can up. see the beginning. Yeah, I would never I, ever do that. We did that all the time. I think it was a pretty common thing for yeah, people. Yeah, probably was. I can't stand. I, I want to start at the beginning. Right. I don't want to be halfway uh, through. No. If, if I miss like the first two minutes, I'm like, oh, I don't want to go in, <laughs> which drives yeah. my poor wife a little crazy. But oh, I, because she'd go in late? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the first sentence in a book. Yeah. You don't want to miss it that. It launches everything. Yeah. My perspective is there it is. Right. So I don't know. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to be late is what I'm telling you. Okay. Okay. I mean, I appreciate that. And so you don't I'll go to the movies. So you don't have movie time popcorn. No, but I'll tell you what, I almost, I wanted to go on Friday night. To the movies? Yeah, because um, Coldplay was doing a live concert from, I want to say Buenos Aires, Hmm. and you could go and see it live. And I would have done that if we wouldn't, I I just had a lot going on that weekend and I couldn't, but I would have gone for that. That seems kind of, I don't know. You're disappointed in me what? that I would do that. I, I mean, I, John, I'm not shoplifting. I mean, no, but you know, I, that's not really a concert experience. No, it's not. But it's just I, a theater. But experience. I've never seen Coldplay live. Okay, but and, you w- really wouldn't be seeing them live. No, I wouldn't be. But it would be closer than perhaps I've gotten up to this point. <laughs> Almost Coldplay live is what it would be. Yeah, I mean, they were calling it Coldplay Live. Mm-hmm, I yeah, would love sure. to hear if any of our listeners saw that, went out to see it. Mm-hmm. Well, what were tickets? 800-320-8255. I think they were, I don't know, 20, 40 bucks. $26 or something. Okay, a little more than you would go see a movie, I guess, right? Yeah, and since, you know, my husband and I don't go to see movies and pay, you know, whatever it is, 20 bucks, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to go and 20? 
it's how much is it to go to a movie now? Well, it all depends. And what we discovered recently is this is <laughs> people of a certain age. I'm doing the senior discount. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, yes, I am. Uh-huh. And I'm not too shy about it either. Nice. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I am. And what's um, mm-hmm. what's the senior, what's that? Discount? Seven bucks. Seven bucks. Mm-hmm. That's pretty, that's pretty good. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you get a little senior discount at the concession stand as well. Do you really? Uh-huh. You get some Mylax, Mylax and uh, you're good to go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have to show like ID Nothing. proof? They just look at you. <laughs> Look at him. Just look at him. <laughs> look at that you guy. Know, He's fine. I've Let got him all in. my teeth. I mean, you know, I'm fine. It's okay. Let him through for yeah. crying out loud. You know, I show him the top of my head. Look, I'm bald. They go, okay, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, without further ado, hard to sort of switch from that to the international no, it is. news. You're right. <laughs> I mean, Peter Jennings never did that, yeah. nor Walter Cronkite. But you can't have the job of doing so. God bless you. Anyway, the world continues to spin. Without further ado, please, Kath, give us the top four at four. For Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022, mm-hmm. number one. President Biden poised to deliver a speech tonight centered on democracy with the midterm elections now less than one week away, according to two of his top White House aides. Wait, just, a- just, just let me- don't overreact, but I haven't even told you what in the heck's happening yet. Mr. Biden will apparently reiterate his warning that democracy is at stake in this election and everyone has a role in it. It'll be at Union Station on Capitol Hill tonight at 7. Uh, Anita Dunn, who is his senior advisor, said that the Capitol was chosen because that's where January 6th took place. She talked about the threat of political violence and then highlighted the attack last week on Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi at their San Francisco home as an example of, quote, horrible violence that has transpired recently. I totally agree with uh, Anita Dunn that that is horrible violence. But I'd feel a lot better about what she's saying if she mentioned the attempt on Brett Kavanaugh. This is rubbish. But they never talk about no, that. No, of course not. They never they never talk about that. It's just campaign it's rhetoric. Like, it's like the only people that have ever been the subject of political violence are Democrats. Yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden there's Chicken Little. The sky's falling. Right. The sky's falling. Right. So we've got a whole, like what? Exactly. Some address to the nation? That's, uh, come on. You minimize things by doing that. I'm, I agree. You're playing right into this. Number two. Some discount. Polish soldiers began laying razor wire today along Poland's border with Russia after the government ordered the construction of a barrier to prevent what it fears could become another migration crisis. This will be a temporary barrier along the 130-mile border. Uh, The barrier will be made of three rows of razor wire, eight feet high and three meters wide, and there'll be a fence so that no animals will get stuck in it. It's according to ABC News. Number three. Two Pittsburgh men have been charged in connection with the deaths of two innocent bystanders during a fatal shooting last month. Um, the police was connected to gang activity on the north side. We've talked about this um, this horrible thing several times here on the show. This is according to today's trib. The details are that um, a 21-year-old, who I'm not going to name, is accused in the deaths of Jacqueline Mihalik, age 33, and Betty Averett, age 59, who were standing at a bus shelter um, in uh, along Cedar Avenue on October 15th. Um, Hines was shot in the calf during the gunfire. He's charged with two counts of homicide, attempted homicide, and aggravated assault, assault 
pardon me, and single counts of conspiracy and a weapons violation held at the jail. Another young man at the age of 19 was charged this morning with homicide, attempted homicide, aggravated assault, two weapons violations, and two counts of conspiracy to commit homicide. Police said several people were involved with that shooting. And, of course, we know that six people were shot outside of Destiny of Faith Church in Brighton Heights during a funeral for uh, one young man. Police are investigating whether the two shootings are connected. And that is just one sad story piled on another. And number four, in the waning days of summer, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> What's going on with this? Got with the music. I thought you. Part. I thought you were done. No, it's three, Gary. It's only four. I can't things. count. Yeah. Three. Is it four right. at four? <laughs> it is. Three and four. It is. Unless we start the show at three. We're he gonna... needs a senior discount too. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, that's our top four at four. And now you're ending it. <laughs> oh, now still. Now we got. Oh, there we go. There's your close. Okay, I will say this. You tell me. The fourth one was an interesting story <laughs> yeah. in the Trib from Spotlight, PA. I think they do such good work. They do. And this one is on um, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra tour, the nine-city European tour that happened mm-hmm. last year. Did you read about this? Two politicians. Yeah. Two coming pol- for the ride. Yeah. A duo of PA lawmakers, a state Senate president, pro-tempore Jake Corman, Republican of Center County, and state rep Rob Mercury, Republican of Pine, along with their spouses, were in the audience in Salzburg. They also spent mm-hmm. several days in Essen, Germany. Um, and their entire excursion, which the orchestra estimated cost 15 grand, was paid for them. It Why? includes their air for, airfare, their hotel, meals, other incidentals. Keep in mind, the symphony has received nearly $10 million in state funding over uh, the past five uh, years. And so, Okay, but that state funding, of course, comes from our tax money. Sure. So our tax money is paying for out two state lawmakers to take a trip to Europe with their spouses for 15 grand. Mm-hmm. Of course, because they deserve the finest. They are our elected officials. And of right? course, this gift thing, you know, this prohibition of gifts like this yes. has been uh, on the Senate floor or the floor of Congress. I'm not sure whether it's the House or Senate in PA for I don't know how long. And it's just in the last, I don't know, nine months or so, it seemed like it was finally going to be passed and this kind of stuff was going to be banned. Nope. But that vote has never happened. Both chambers scheduled to return to the Capitol after November 8th, but spokespersons for leadership say considering a gift ban is not on the radar. Of course it's not. Why would we spoil that? All right, we'll we'll take a break, come back. He's 32, married with a child, a good job. He's got a birthday. 101.5 WORD. Have you ever felt like being offended is your right when someone hurts you? Well, Dave Wilson thinks we might need to reconsider that. To stay offended is a choice. You can choose to hold on to that. I can make you pay for that, or there's a better way. Overcoming bitterness and seeking forgiveness. Next time on Family Life Today with David Ann Wilson. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM WORD. You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it, follow it, and fulfill it as you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. 
Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College, you were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. There are many issues in this election, but John Fetterman only wants to talk about one, his support for killing unborn babies by abortion. Sadly, John Fetterman wants to deny the most basic right to life to unborn babies. John Fetterman even supports a federal law that allows unlimited abortion essentially until birth, and he wants to pay for it with your tax dollars. John Fetterman should never be in the U.S. Senate. Mehmet Oz respects life. He supports measures to protect unborn babies and their mothers. Mehmet Oz supports protecting unborn children from painful late abortions, and Mehmet Oz opposes using your tax dollars to pay for abortion. Mehmet Oz will fight to protect life. Unborn babies can't vote, but you can. Please vote for life. Vote for Mehmet Oz for U.S. Senate. Paid for by the National Right to Life Victory Fund at nrlvictoryfund.org. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. NRL Victory Fund is responsible for the content of this advertising. 45 years of God's Word. The Word of God is going to show me where to go and where not to go. True. If God is not in absolute control of all things, who is? Wisdom. Obey God, leave all the consequences to Him. Watch Dr. Stanley anytime on Local Now throughout your day. Your trusted source for biblical teaching. In Touch Plus, streaming free on Local Now. Go to intouch.org slash plus to find out more. He's got a lovely wife, a new baby, a good job. He turns 32 and suffers from existential dread. That's probably fair for a lot of people, right? But 32... I mean, I'm looking over my shoulder. He's not getting not getting a senior discount at the movies, I'll tell you that. Chris Martin's with us. He's a regular guest on our show. Chris is a content marketing editor at Moody Publishers. He's got a book called Terms of Service, The Real Cost of Social Media. Chris, happy belated birthday to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Pleasure. Chris, this is a good piece that you wrote. I really appreciated it, and I think it's honest. Um, I think at one time or another, everybody has that sense of existential dread. Now, John was saying before you came on the air that, John, you've never had that at any birthday. Not a birthday, Rigo. No, no. I mean, <laughs> maybe 364 other days. <laughs> but, but, but All right, Chris, for, for people who haven't read the piece, uh, talk about how you felt when you turned 32. Yeah, I. Um, what's funny is I, I said this in the piece. I, I felt similarly. I went. I went back and read my piece yeah, that I wrote when I was thirty-one. Wasn't good either. And it, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't too different. Um, but no, it, it. You know, it sounds. It feels like a downer piece. I mean, depending on how you read it, it, feels a little bit like a downer piece. Where I'm like, yeah, I. I have everything I could have ever wanted. I mean, I'm not rich. I'm not famous. I mean, I don't really want fame anyway. But I'm not rich. Uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, nobody's going to name anything after me. I'm not notable in any way. Um, I've, but I have, I have, uh, I'm married to the girl that I wanted to marry when I was in high school. We have a daughter who's healthy and wonderful mm-hmm. most days. Uh, I love my job. I, I always wanted to write uh, books and I've written two and hope to write more. Um, and so I, I have everything I could have ever realistically wanted. Um, and you're only 32, right? Yeah, I'm 32. You got a long ways to go. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm very, I'm very grateful. And my wife and I are both healthy and everything like everything's been great. The last pandemic aside, which has been awful for all of its own reasons, the last three years, like since 2020 have been some of the best years of my life. Mm. Um, but this past year, when my book published in the spring, winter, spring, February, um, Everybody, anybody who publishes a book will tell you, I mean, unless it becomes like a New York Times bestseller right away, that there's this amount of, there's this feeling of um, like book uh, sadness when you write it and it goes out into the world and a few thousand people buy it, but that's it. And Mm -hmm. you just, you know, you poured your heart and soul into this project for the better part of a year and it's great. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of noise around it when you first publish and then it just kind of floats into the ether and people forget about it and um, people continue to buy it, but not, you know, not in like they did at the beginning. And so there's this, there's this post book launch feeling of sadness that often comes. And I think it was, you know, a little bit of that where it's like, man, I, I've achieved the mountaintop, at least my, uh, a personal mountaintop that I had. <clears throat> and I've spent so much of my life climbing mountaintops, whether it's wanting to marry the girl that I always wanted to marry or um, wanting to have a daughter wanting to have a kid generally um, working a job that I really love where it doesn't feel like I'm going to work. I have all of those things. And it was this most recent recent mountaintop that I reached the top of that I summited that I was like, you know, I think I'm going to stop climbing for a while. And this is, this was my reflection when I turned 32 a couple weeks ago. Um, I think I'm going to stop climbing for a minute and just kind of enjoy the view. And so this feeling of existential dread that I said, I kind of feel, isn't this feeling of, there's no meaning in life. And what's the point? None of this matters. That's certainly a very real feeling that a lot of people have, especially maybe a little bit later toward a more typical quote unquote midlife crisis. I don't have this feeling that nothing matters. I'm confident in my standing before the Lord and that what I do matters and how I parent matters and all of that. But I, I do, I have grappled with this sort of feeling of I've accomplished what I set out to accomplish. Now what? Mm -hmm. Um, And what I'm trying to do a little bit of as I get older is say now what a little bit less and just kind of enjoy where I'm at. Now I have all kinds of aspirations for the future and things I still like, there are still mountains yet to yet to climb that I would like to climb. Sure. But while I ponder what that looks like and maybe chart my path up those next mountains, you know, in my free time here and there, I, I'm kind of content just resting and sitting and enjoying the view from this particular mountaintop right now. Excellent. I mean, I, I've got a friend who often talks about, Chris, uh, the strong second act, right? And maybe you're right for that strong second act in your life. I mean, there are other people who are looking for a third act as well as, you know, as you get a little bit older. But, you know, especially, and because you 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 write so well, you're so, and, and you're so well-spoken, and you're a believer in Jesus, of course, all those things, right? Your faith life informs your success in your personal materialistic life here on earth. You, you're juggling that as well, right? So talk about that. I mean, you know, you're thinking about this is what I've gotten so far at 32, which to be honest, I think a lot of people at 32, they have nothing what you have, nothing at all, not married, no career, not, you know, no babies, not, none of that thing. So you're well way ahead of the curve. And I, I would imagine some of that is because of your faith in Christ. Yeah, totally. And and I think the reason I'm even to have sort of the self-awareness to recognize to recognize that it's time to sit down and rest is the work of God, the Holy spirit working in my heart. Um, because for so long I've just worked and worked and worked. And I've, I've never been a workaholic. I, I think my wife would attest to that. Like I, but, but when it's time to work, I work hard and I throw myself into 
just about anything. I've said this before to some coworkers, and this is healthy and unhealthy depending on the situation. But it's like in everything I do, I kind of want to take over the world, but it, like in a good way. Um, and it's like I want everything I do to be the best it possibly can. And I, um, I think I've accomplished that in a lot of ways over the years. And I think I'm, I'm my harshest critic. And I think a lot of people probably feel that way about themselves. And I think what I'm just trying to give myself the freedom to do is to let myself be in a season of rest where I don't feel the need to get up at 10 after five in the morning to work on the next book project. Maybe I can just get up at 10 after five in the morning to read scripture, drink coffee, and enjoy the sunrise rather than, you know, what has been the last number of years, which is get up super early to crank out a bunch of work for my quote unquote side hustle before I start my real job at seven o'clock. So um, I'm just trying to give like, let myself work a little less hard um, at least for a season while I kind of try to say, okay, I've, what I've done has been really helpful for people. I've been writing on social media for a number of years. I have a a second book on social media coming out in the spring um, and kind of say, okay, I've done two books on social media. Um, I'm working a job. I don't plan to change my career, what I'm doing for work, but um, maybe what's next for me, especially in terms of how I'm spending my free time. Uh, do do people still need to hear me on this topic? Should I should I consider writing about something else? I feel comfortable writing in so many different areas. I, I We don't have to get into this too much unless you want to, but I want to try fiction. In fact, I'm mm-hmm. starting in earnest right now. Uh, November is often called Nano Rimo, which is a short for National Novel Writing Month, where people challenge, yeah, people challenge themselves to write an entire novel in the month of November. Well, and I'm trying it. I'm I'm trying. Wow, no, that may sound exciting. totally that may sound co- totally contrary to what I just said of not climbing the next mountain. But to me, this is just kind of a like I'm not pressuring myself. I'm just kind of like, hey, I want to try writing fiction. I have a few ideas. I'm going to take one of them. And see if I can, you know, get twenty to forty thousand words on on paper in the next thirty days, and whatever I get done is more than I would have had I not tried. Uh, but so anyway, I'm just kind of at this point where it's not a midlife crisis. I'm not wondering what's the point of life, but I am just trying to sit back and I think God, the Holy Spirit working in me, um, reflect and do some self evaluation and just kind of figure out how to best spend. Yeah, I think you're right, John. This sort of second act. Um, I, you know, professionally, I'm moving into my second decade of professional work and now it's kind of like, all right, what's next? And how do I, how do I best spend the time that I've been given? That's Chris Martin, content marketing editor at Moody Publishers and a social media marketing and communications consultant, author of Terms of Service, The Real Cost of Social Media. And we're going to talk about his new book, which is going to be coming out shortly, a little later in the program. Um, Chris, I wanted to, um, I don't know, echo what you said, because I think, you know, whether you're 32 or you're 82 or you're rich or poor or healthy or sick or whatever it is, you're, we're all just reckoning with mortality is what it is. I mean, I mean and you included in your article um, several bits from Ecclesiastes, right? That's the, it's, this, is the, this is the condition that we're in. And we wish that we obviously wouldn't have to suffer, but we also wish that, you know, our, the, the good things about our life would go on you know, forever. forever. And it's very hard to come to grips with the fact that we're not going to be that way. Um, and then it also obviously leaves this yawning, gaping hole that only the gospel uh, of Jesus can fill. But anyway, I just want to say to you that it doesn't even matter how old you are. This is something that, I mean, John, talk about the story when your son realized for the first time that he was going to die. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I think about that a lot. We do, yeah. Uh, I mean, he was a little boy. I mean, like, wait, this was just a weird thing. We were having this conversation, and he did say to me, you know, so uh, then people die, then I'm going to die. And you could see, you know, the internal machinations and the surprise look on his face when he had that moment of clarity about his own. <laughs> and he was probably four, you know, uh, and I don't know what that meant. It caught me off guard and of course caught him off guard as well i mean but there it is right yeah. at an early age yeah and I, I feel like i have those moments like three times a week whereas even four years ago i never thought about it now i i wasn't so naive to think i was invincible or something like obviously right, I knew something the right yeah um but it's just like with i mean this is <laughs> this might sound like uh, bad or 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 pessimistic or something but it's like with each passing day, the likelihood that I'm going to drop dead only increases. Right. <laughs> um, that's a thought that crosses my head. Like, right. well, sure. couldn't can't be yesterday, might be today. Right. And like and I like I one of my I'm kind of I'm a minor hop- hypochondriac, not like majorly so, but I'm I'm often like concerned about my health and I I desperately just like I want to see my daughter off to college and I want to see her get married if she chooses to get married and I yeah. like there are so many things I want to see that um, and want to see in my life that I, I like feel protective, but at the same time, totally understand that it could be taken from me tomorrow. In a heartbeat. And yeah. I, and I'm, yeah, yeah. Or, and the lack of one. And I, I just recognize like that's hitting me in the face more and more every day. And it's not even like I've had a bunch of people close to me get sick or pass away or anything like that. It's just, um, I'm becoming more and more aware of my own mortality. And while sometimes if I sit in that in one perspective, it gets sad in another way, it's kind of just encouraging and it reminds me of the blessing of every day and, and i think mm-hmm. that's healthy as long as we don't let ourselves wallow in it right i did you watch the good place that was a tv show on abc yeah. a couple years ago oh yeah okay yeah, yeah definitely um one of the lines i really loved from that is when uh what's Kristen bell i forget what her character's name was but she was trying to explain eleanor to, eleanor right of course she was trying to explain to one of the angels what it was like to be human And the first thing she said, I thought this was so interesting. She said, well, it's just that whatever we do as humans, and no matter how great it is, there's a tiny bit of us that's always sad because we know we're going to die. And Mm -hmm. I thought that's such a wonderful Mm -hmm. explanation of what it is to be human. Right. Because the the happiness is so fleeting, yeah. the sadness is always there before yeah. you. Yeah. Anyway, okay, our time's up. But Chris, I want to thank you for really writing a good piece along with all your other great pieces. Yeah. Um, you have 30 seconds, but tell us about the new book. Yeah, it uh, comes out in March. So you know we'll talk about it a few more times before then, maybe more specifically. But Terms of Service, the book that came out in February was, uh, hey, it's kind of a mirror. Hey, here's how social media is changing me and what I can do about it. Yeah. The wolf in their pockets is more for those pastors, church leaders, parents out there who recognize that social media is shaping the people that they care for. Mm. And they're kind of asking, hey, social media is discipling the people in my life. How do I disciple when social media is discipling in stronger ways than I am? And so that's what the wolf in their pockets is all about how to disciple in an age when social media is discipling more effectively than many of us feel like we can. Excellent. Job well done. Yep, heads up, Chris. You're doing great. 32, you got it made, man. You got decades and decades ahead of you. Okay? Chin up, buddy. Thanks, man. Very good. Pleasure. Chris Martin, we'll take a quick break. Uh, The phone in your pocket, it's a filthy thing. We'll talk about that next. 
Are you drowning in IRS tax debt? I owe the IRS $37,000. Get ready for a toll-free hotline. Take advantage of new IRS tax forgiveness programs that may protect you from IRS collection agencies. They have the power to garnish your wages, put liens on your property, and levy your bank account. Civic Tax Relief can help protect you from the IRS. Civic Tax Relief basically represented me against the IRS, and by the time everything was completed, I didn't know the IRS anything. Find out about the Fresh Start program that is now available through Civic Tax Relief. Civic Tax Relief's special tax hotline can help you discover all the relief programs available for free. I would recommend anyone who has a tax problem to contact Civic Tax Relief. Just call 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803. Don't wait. Call now. 800-506-5803. 800-506-5803. You know, if one part of the body suffers, the Bible says we suffer together. Hi, it's Michael with Bible League International, and we're partnering together to send the hope of God's Word to persecuted believers all over the world who are singled out, monitored, beaten, jailed, in some cases threatened with death simply because they believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Arguably, this is the most important issue facing the global church. Let me give you some more perspective. By the end of the average hour-long worship service in America on a Sunday, a dozen Christians elsewhere in the world will be killed simply because of their faith. If you're persecuted like this, you need to know and savor the words of Jesus when he says, I'm with you always. And that's why Word FM and Bible League are teamed up to bless 5,000 Bibleist persecuted believers with their very own copy of God's Word at only $5 a Bible. $100 sends 20. Pray about it and then call 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word. 800 Yes Word. Or give it WordFM.com and God bless you for caring. There's no better way to start your day than spending time in God's Word and in prayer. Don't know where to start? We have a free daily prayer podcast created to help you do just that. The Your Daily Prayer podcast delivers a thoughtful, devotional, and timely prayer to you seven days a week. Gain inspiration, faith, and encouragement with daily messages in 10 minutes or less. To start listening now, search Your Daily Prayer on your favorite podcast app or visit lifeaudio.com. Hi, I'm Kyle at blindster.com. I sell custom-made blind shades and shutters that are easy to install at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are custom-made for your windows, and I guarantee they'll fit. Don't hire a pro. Do it yourself and save big at blindster.com. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with patchy late night fog at a low of 47. Patchy fog tomorrow morning, otherwise mostly sunny and mild. Tomorrow's high, 68. Tomorrow night, clear skies with a low of 50. Partly sunny Friday, it'll be very warm. It'll be a nice afternoon for outdoor activities as well. We'll see a high of 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. I hold on to my phone like it's my job. Right? Well, it kind of is. Yeah, I was going to say. Right. But uh, seriously, I mean, this, this phone <clears throat> is never what, far from What, more than 12 inches from you? Oh, probably four. <laughs> it's even <laughs> worse. It's like on me. It's on yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, 
I'm, I'm touching it, then I'm touching other things. Right. So this article that I saw today about, here's it. Your smartphone is 10 times dirtier than the, the John. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wait, that can't be. It That's can't what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They're saying, of course, you know. Now where are you reading from? I'm reading from the Sun. Okay. Okay. Now that has its own. Sort right. Of, so we'll take that with a right. grain of salt. So they start off by saying, you know, since the pandemic, people have been, you know, how many times did you wash your hands? Of course. Right. During, and then, you know, you're cleaning your keys or wiping down your groceries, heaven forbid. Right. But still, this phone, they're saying they, they've taken swabs from some 5,000 phones. And they found, on average, 17,000 pieces of bacteria per square inch on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, that's awful. The article is suggesting so awful. You know, that you should clean your phone not once a day, but several times a day. Just swab it off. Now, do you I, do that? No. Gary, do you do that? To clean your phone? Mm, no. Clean your phone. Okay. Do you do that? No. I do my iPad. Oh, you do? Do you do your iPad? But not your phone. I mean, uh, no, I, I don't know. I, I use my phone so much, but yeah. in the mornings when I start my day, I wipe off the iPad. my iPad because all the fingerprints. Right, right. The screen, yeah. Well, uh, the good thing is that cleaning your phone, of course, very simple. You use one of those little you know, disinfected wipes. Wipe? Yeah, oh, yeah it's, okay. you're good to go, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean,. Wasn't the whole thing about the pandemic like, oh, you know, we, we need those germs, right? They keep us, you know, the more germs right. you interact with, the healthier you can probably be. So, right. Okay. So what parts of my phone am I supposed to clean? The whole thing. They're just saying, just wipe it down. I'll take one of those right now. Let's look, I'm, I'm pulling out. Look, I have I have a container Where'd of Clorox those come wipes. From? Uh, they're probably left over from the early days of COVID, <laughs> to be honest with you. All right. Don't show the uh, logo. Oh, oh sorry. Right, Copyright right. infringement. Right. Okay. Look, I'm some, some nondescript company has... Uh, we're using their... Um... They're not dried out or anything? No. <laughs> okay, very good. Yeah, so we're doing this All right, right I mean, fine. I, I guess so. Until until what? The next time? No, it's all wet. No, it's well, all soaking it's, wet. Well, it's Clorox. I mean, oh, no, it's not. It's it's not. It's uh, it's another company. It's... <laughs> no. Oh, holy yeah, smokes. Yeah, it's, it's some other... It's some disinfecting company. Look, okay. I'm cleaning my phone right now. My hand is like soaking wet. Well, look, I, I mean... mean Look, you were, you were complaining. I tried to solve your problem, right, and now there's more complaints. Complaining again. All right. Speaking of COVID, uh, our next guest is going to talk about uh, her COVID interaction, and uh, unfortunately, her her deafness. Apparently, she's lost a large portion of her hearing. Frederica Matthews Green is with us. We'll talk about hearing and prayer straight ahead. W-O-R-D. I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you each day to open the Word of God and ask for His input. And I'm convinced the challenges we face in today's world are more spiritual than they are political or economic. Exploring God's Word together is refreshing. It equips us for everything that comes our way. Join me, and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 930, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 W-O-R-D. Turkey and stuffing, real mashed potatoes, sliced top round, Aunt Emma's broccoli casserole, chicken and gravy over buttermilk biscuits. Am I making you hungry yet? 
Hi, it's me, Marsha, from The Spring House. You have a special event coming up in your life, a shower, a wedding, graduation party, company party, anniversary event, or any occasion where you'd love to serve all-natural, farm-fresh foods, then it's time to give The Spring House Catering Department a call at 724-228-3339. From your first conversation with Dawn, who will help you create a menu that's unique to you, to the beautiful, bounteous setup and display that my sister Jill and her crew create, you will be delighted. After every catering event, Jill tells our cooks, I wish I could take you with me so you could hear all the wonderful comments guests give us. Give us a call at 724-228-3339 or check out our extensive menu at springhousemarket.com for farm fresh catering from the Springhouse. Whose rule book do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy and Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Hi there, I'm your host, Dog, filling in for the human who's normally here and bringing you the smells and sounds of the holidays, courtesy of Beggin' Dog Treats. We wish you a Beggin' Christmas. We wish you a Beggin' Christmas. Dog rest ye merry Doberman, let Beggin' you acquire. Deck the halls with strips of Beggin'. Remember, for bacon-loving dog excitement, this holiday. It's Beggin! Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. COVID, of course, has wreaked havoc on this world and there's so many individual stories about post-COVID and what it's done to people's lives. Our next guest, Frederica Matthews-Green, has been with us over the years. She is the author of a book that we love called The Jesus Prayer. She's a writer, a speaker, a thinker, a prayer as well. And Frederica, welcome back to the show. Yes, hi, John. It's good to be with you again. Thank you, Frederica. You as well. So, Frederica, I didn't realize until I saw on social media that you had had COVID. Talk about how long ago that was. Yes, it was only a few weeks ago, and um, I successfully avoided it all those years. And it didn't hit me very hard, but when I started coming out of it, I thought, you know, that's funny. My ears are still feel all blocked up. And what I learned is there's uh, such a thing as the COVID attacking the auditory nerve. So I've sustained some actual hearing damage. Really? And how bad is your hearing loss, Frederica? I think it's about, I think I've lost about three quarters. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So thank, thank God. God is merciful. I can hear on the phone, you know, if it's loud enough, I can hear it. If I can put it right up against my ear. But of course, when I, I realized this was happening and went to the audiologist and, you know, he said, there's, 
this is probably going to be permanent. We'll do whatever we can to you know, try to bring it around, but there's no guarantees. So I felt very, very sad. You know, I had a lot of little grandkids, and I don't want to be the granny that's going, what, what? You know, <laughs> my hand behind my ear all the time. Right. Mm. So what about hearing aids? Have they talked about that, I'm sure? I'm sure I'll end up with those um, if they can help me, of course. And uh, there's also the cochlear implant. Sure. I, I haven't read a lot about that, but if I'm a candidate for that, I'm I'm just grateful to be living in an era when these sorts of things are available. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I try not to, you know, brood about it and feel too miserable about it. Well, you, you wouldn't be blamed if you if you did brood about it and feel miserable, right, Frederica? Because you feel like you're going to miss out on things. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, something that I, I, I was talking to somebody who's blind, and he said, a person who is disabled, their major challenge is, is mobility. A person who's blind, their major challenge is transportation. Hmm. But a person who's deaf, their major challenge is communication. Hmm. And that made me realize what a really profound loss that is when you're the person in the room who can see lips moving and you can't hear what they're saying and you don't want to keep asking, repeat, repeat. Well, I, I am grateful to have the prospect eventually of hearing aids. But I also had the thought, you know, I just turned 70 years old just a couple of weeks ago. And I thought, well, I'm 70. I mean, this is appropriate. People in their 70s have lost some of their hearing. I'm probably from the human race. And I feel like I haven't had an awful lot of suffering in my life. And so this, this maybe God has a purpose in this for me, you know. So I, I'm trying to um, accept it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I keep praying for healing, but I want to see what God has and I'd rather have um, have a hard blessing than have a, um, an easy life that doesn't bring me closer to Christ. So, Frederica, talk to us about your husband. Now, of course, you know, the joke goes, right? Married couples are always in the other room and going, trying to talk to each other, and they never are able to communicate so well. Here, the reality is now your husband in some ways has to pick up some slack for you, I would assume. That's true, and it's a change because uh, he's a little older than I am, and he's been, you know, old man losing his hearing for decades, I guess, just very gradually. And so we've we've gotten used to having to repeat things for him. (laughs) Now he's having to be the interface for me and help me to understand. You know, we all went out to dinner for my birthday, and I couldn't hear the family members on the the other side of the big square table. (sighs) So it's a loss. Yeah. Especially the little children's voices. Yeah. Fred, Fred, when I hear you talk, I think about uh, all of the times that we have conversed about prayer and talked Mm. about how many decades you've gotten up in the middle of the night, like from the time (laughs) that you had babies of your own and they were, they needed to be fed. And once they stopped uh, being in the, I need to be fed at three in the morning phase, you kept still getting up (laughs) at the same time and using that as a time for prayer. And so I guess I, I wonder what this type of challenge uh, does to your prayer life or maybe the reverse, what all of the time in prayer does to a Mm -hmm. challenge like this. 
Yeah, I think it's the latter that um, I've I've built up such a long time of of being with the Lord every night. I know a lot of people have just have trouble compelling themselves to to stop for that prayer time. I do in the daytime. I find it hard to stop, but somehow this middle of the night prayer where I just I kind of wake up, you know, um, it has been so easy for me. And I feel like if I didn't have it, it would it would really limit me in some ways. So I believe somehow that this constant deep prayer, just being near the Lord for an hour or so every night during the wee hours, I, I feel like that has prepared me for this or for anything else, you know? Yes. I mean, I, I say I haven't, I haven't suffered much, but I've had cancer. Um, I had my father die in a car accident. Um, my, we could talk about this sometime, but my daughter lost her faith, and now she's a Unitarian pastor. So wow. I, objectively, I would say, well, a lot of people would say that was suffering, hmm. but it doesn't seem that way to me. It seems like I'm in the middle of a story that is going on, and I am on my tiptoes looking to see what God is going to do next. Wow. And it does no good to worry about something that's already happened. It's already happened. Just accept it and keep moving on. And and look like like the psalm says, like like the servant looks to the hand of his master. You just keep looking toward the hand of the Lord as alert as possible, ready to do whatever he's calling you to do. That's a wonderful attitude, Frederica. So then through this new season, and maybe it will be a short season for you that you're hearing, whether, you know, it would come back on its own or through technology, you know, hearing aids or cochlear implants. I mean, what's interesting is you're saying you're hearing us now as you have the phone up to your ear. So, you know, there is some hope for something. So what about, is there a particular prayer that you have been praying, something new that's entered your life? I think the um, the old thing that entered my life when I was a child was that serenity prayer about uh, grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change and sure. the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I think that helped me from childhood have a, a strong reliance on standing near the Lord and just waiting to see what he's going to do next. In, in terms of this particular uh, surprising loss, um, I was I was kind of walloped by it in the first couple of days, especially when I learned it was probably not temporary. But then I felt I had so many things to be grateful for. So when I pray, I am so grateful to know there are people all over the country, even all over the world, that are praying for me to get my hearing back. And I feel like I'm free to say, Lord, I want your will to be done, whatever your will is. If there's going to be a blessing in losing my hearing, then I want to follow that path because the Lord knows what's best for me. He knows much better than I do. And as I said, I'm sensitive. Maybe this is appropriate. Maybe this is where I'll learn something about people, other people who've lost their hearing. They give me some compassion, like having cancer did. So, yeah, I let other people pray fervently for my healing to be restored. And I myself just pray, Lord, show me what you're doing here. I want to be right at your right hand, whatever you intend to do. Frederica Matthews Green, author of The Jesus Prayer, The Ancient Desert Prayer That Tunes the Heart to God. Frederica, we love you. We We're do, praying for Thank you. And you. You, have, you have fervent friends and yeah. uh, prayers here in Pittsburgh. 
I appreciate that. All right. Thanks, guys. Our pleasure, Frederica. We love you. Frederica Matthews Green, put her on your prayer list that her hearing is restored to full flourish. Frederica Matthews Green. And also, look at the book, The Jesus Prayer. The following is an editorial from Sato Media Group, the owner of this radio station. Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager of 101.5 Word FM here in Pittsburgh, with a quick word about Dr. Oz and his effort to become the next senator from Pennsylvania. Each election cycle provides voters with an opportunity to weigh in on the direction of the things in our nation. I'm concerned we're headed in the wrong direction. American families are struggling under decades-high inflation, fuel prices at record highs, crime is surging, and we have a crisis at our southern border. We need some accountability in Washington, D.C., and that's part of what Dr. Oz can bring if he's successful. His opponent, John Fetterman, is among the most radical nominees on the ballot in any state this election cycle. Dr. Oz can be part of a new Senate while he votes for a stronger America, a renewal of law and order, and a secure border. I'm supporting Dr. Oz for Senate. Would you join me in doing so as well? Make your plans today and be prepared to vote. Thank you. If you are 65 or older, you know this. Watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on health care costs is frustrating. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare 65+. plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community, too. People encourage and pray for each other. Well, MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation, too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. And it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor or get 24-7 telehealth access from the comfort of your home. Very worth looking into during Medicare open enrollment, which ends December 7th. If you join right now, your second month share will be free. So don't miss this chance. Call 833-SHARE-55. That's 833-SHARE-55. 833-SHARE-55. Do you have a passion for helping others? Turn it into a rewarding career at LifeSteps. LifeSteps is hiring caring people to make a difference in the lives of individuals with disabilities. Full-time and part-time positions available with opportunities close to home. No degree or experience necessary. LifeSteps offers flexible schedules, paid training, and generous benefits. Make a difference today. Call 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. My heart was racing just making spaghetti. I could have waited to tell my doctor, but I didn't wait. I was short of breath just reading a book. I could have delayed telling my doctor, but I didn't wait. They told their doctors and found out they have atrial fibrillation, a condition which makes it about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you have one or more of these symptoms, irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, this is no time to wait. Contact your doctor. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Julie Powell has passed away at the uh, tender age of 49. She's the writer behind uh, the book and then the very successful movie, Julie and Julia. Did you see the movie? I loved the movie. Yeah. I mean, it's about Julia Childs, mm-hmm. basically. But the, the story is this, that on the cusp of turning 30, this young woman, Julie Powell, was living in a cramped Queens apartment, working a dead-end job as a secretary, feeling destined, as she put it, for a life of terminal mediocrity. Mm-hmm. So uh, 
Ms. Powell, who had a kitchen wall hung with pans but considered herself a dreadful cook, set out on this audacious quest to make every recipe in Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking in a Single Year. And to blog about it along the way. Which, let me tell you, is a mountain to climb. Well, by any measure, I'm reading from the Washington Post, she had set herself a difficult task. Child's landmark 1961 cookbook contains 524 recipes. Oh, it's incredible. Whole. For aspics, wow. sweetbreads, poached eggs, mushrooms, chicken fricassee, calves' brains, and wine. Even in a capital of food like New York City, ingredients like veal kidneys and calves' feet were difficult to come by. It didn't help that Ms. Powell was hardly a gourmand. Before embarking on a project in 2002, she had never eaten an egg and rarely (laughs) ate fruit. But as she started to cook in this small kitchen, the first thing she cooked was a parboiled steak, the project offered her a new direction in life, an outlet through her blog posts that were blunt and candid and often hilarious. She said, uh, told the New York Times, if I get this done, somehow it will all be okay. It's better than being a secretary. Now, of course, she parlayed that into a book that she wrote that sold more than a million copies. In 2009, the movie was created. Starring Meryl Streep. Yes. And Amy Adams. Amy Adams, Adams mm-hmm. right. And the rest is history. Oddly enough, she died of a heart attack at 49. Which is very, very sad. Very much so. It's a sweet story. The movie, uh, I loved the Julia Childs part. Everybody says that. Yeah, just way more. Right, because who doesn't love Julia Childs? Right, right. But um, I don't know. I mean, how do you go from never having eaten an egg at the age of 30 to opening up one of the most famous cookbooks in the world? I don't know, but being blogging about that was a brilliant idea. Yeah, it sure was. A brilliant idea. That was the the golden era of blogs. Yeah, and because at that time... Um, people were interested in reading things more than watching things. Mm-hmm. It really sucked people in. And, of course, she had to um, be a good enough writer to be able to convey that. Yeah. And her honesty in what she was doing, I mean, it's just it's, it's really, really compelling. Super sweet, yeah. And plus, uh, Stanley Tucci. Love Stanley Tucci. Played, He's Julia Child's husband. Yes, and he was so yeah. wonderful in that film. Have you seen Stanley Tucci's tour of Italy? No. Oh, it's so good. It's That's a, a Netflix show? No, it's a CNN show, of all things. CNN produces something. Of course, he's Italian, and he goes to Italy with his parents, and they travel the countryside. Oh, and I love Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. Um, I've seen maybe five episodes of it. It's really, really worth a look. You love Italy. Do you love him as an actor? Oh, I love him as an actor. Oh, my God. He said he's done. He said he's retired. I heard that. Yeah. Now, he had to have part of his tongue removed. He had yes. some, a cancer of some variety. He seems fine. Yeah. Okay. That's really good news mm-hmm. because I think he's just a terrific guy. Favorite roles of Stanley Tucci's? Do you have any that come to mind? No. Not on the spot. I really can't say. Okay. No, but he's one of these guys. He's super compelling. You just kind of go, well, you know, because he, he can play uh, the Spotlight. Villain. Oh, Spotlight. Spotlight. Oh, sure. The Lovely Bones. Did you see him in that? No, I did not. Uh, Julie and Julie. Did you see Big Night? Oh, yeah. Big Night. Okay. Yeah. Which is also a food movie. It looks like it is. Uh-huh. I'm just looking yeah. at the, uh, the... Yeah, a feast is prepared for a guest who never shows. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that how it goes? Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, Central Park, uh, two years. That is a TV show. Mm, I don't uh, Inside Man, oh, yeah. which is the brand new thing you and I were just talking about right. with David Tennant. Yep. Um, the King's Man. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, Jolt. I don't know it. Uh, Supernova. 
don't know that either. Um, I mean, it just says, you know, there are some personalities that jump out at you at the camera, right? There's just something about them that's super compelling. I agree. Anyway, so, okay, so you have this deep connection to uh, cookbooks that every year for Christmas, your dad bought every, everybody in the family a different cookbook. All the women in the family, yeah, he brought everybody a cookbook. So you've got a library of how many cookbooks, do you think? Well, that are direct gifts from my dad. I think I have 20, 20 maybe 24. Yeah. And do you read them? Like my wife would read a like a cookbook. Sure. Like she's reading a yes. novel. Yes. And what I started to do now that my, I have a kitchen that works is I'm sticking with one cookbook and making my way through it. Not every single one, yeah. but I'm immersing myself in one and like seeing what I like because there's just so, I feel it's like abundant. 90% of what I have in these cookbooks is undiscovered. So that's one of my missions Very I'm on nice. currently. Yeah, the power and beauty of a cookbook. I'm always a grateful recipient of that. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Okay, we'll take a quick break. Come back uh, during our 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk about pastors in small churches, churches and their reaction to where they are now. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Healthcare. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The Federal Reserve has raised its key rate by a substantial three quarters of a point for the fourth time to fight inflation. The Fed's move raised its key short term rate from a range of 3.75% to 4%. Aides to former presidential or President Donald Trump are quietly getting ready for a 2024 presidential campaign that could be announced soon. Trump's former White House chief of staff, Reince Priebus, says, quote, I'm like 95 percent he's going to run, end quote. And Priebus says if other big challengers run, Trump will be very difficult for any Republican to defeat. Another campaign would be a remarkable turn for any former president, especially one who's made history by being impeached twice. I'm Donna Water. This is SRN News. Uncle Ryan, the news. We need a watchdog. A panic room. Because mortgage rates have gotten higher? But the news, Uncle Ryan. It's like the British are coming. Or worse, a birthday catastrophe. <laughs> can't say that word, catastrophe. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, we're going heavy on the jokes to make a point. Mortgage rates are up. And no, it's not optimal for anyone. But there is another reality. Life does go on. Maybe you're ready for your first home your dream home, or maybe it's time to downsize. Life goes on. Rates have been higher in the past, and good people still need new homes. The point we want to make is, if you buy a new home this year, and you don't use our direct lender advantage, which can often save you monthly and lifelong money, along with us paying $1,000 of your closing costs, you'd be crazier than a watchdog in a panic room. See what we did there? We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage Lender License 22672. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients 
unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable, single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold, the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. In those days, 10 men from all the nations will take hold of the garment of a Jew and say, we want to go with you for we know that God is with you. Join Messianic Jewish evangelist Rabbi Kurt Schneider as he shares authentic teaching from the Old and New Testaments, unfolding revelation today for your brighter tomorrow on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Monday through Friday at 1.30 p.m. here on 101.5 Word FM. We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with patchy late night fog at a low of 47. Patchy fog tomorrow morning, otherwise mostly sunny and mild. Tomorrow's high 68. Tomorrow night clear skies with a low of 50. Partly sunny Friday. It'll be very warm. It'll be a nice afternoon for outdoor activities as well. We'll see a high of 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Apparently, uh, by the um, power of Congress and our elected leaders, this Saturday evening into Sunday morning will be the last time we will ever fall back. I'm sorry to tell you, John, I have bad news. What? In reading an article that was published today, it sounds like this. There has been, of course... The conversation about uh, Senator Marco Rubio's Sunshine Protection Act, which would make daylight savings time permanent. I thought this so was a deal. No ch- well, apparently the bill passed unanimously in the Senate oh. in March, but it is still awaiting passage in the House. Those coconuts. I thought this was a done deal Me as too. well. I, I am very disappointed. So I, we are still in a holding pattern. What's holding that up? Like, don't tell me like a farmer's lobby or something like the, that. The House has not voted on it. That's all I can tell you. Because they don't do anything. I don't know what the heck is going on. They're too busy tweeting. I seriously don't know. Mm -hmm. But I thought the same thing. I also um, knew that there were places where daylight savings time was not observed. Arizona and Hawaii. Well, now, most of Arizona. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? There are some sections of Arizona that do observe it, but most don't. You also don't have to worry about it in Hawaii, American Samoa, Guam. (laughs) Northern Mariana Islands, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands. But 18 states, 18, now ours is not one of them, but 18 states have passed legislation or resolutions to make daylight savings time permanent. Mm. And voters in California voted to end it all together, but the state legislature just didn't do it. (laughs) 
So we want to know what you have to say, Politicians, but not that much. I mean, seriously. Okay. All right. Okay. Nothing. So according to a National Institutes of Health study, which was done during COVID, yeah. daylight saving time beginning and ending impacts a quarter of the world's population and disturbs people's work and rest schedule schedules and possibly your body's biological clock. Right. Okay. So early uh, experts say early morning sunlight is the key to maintaining our circadian rhythms, Mm -hmm. sleep-wake cycles, and overall health. Um, A neurologist says that um, without sunlight, we can slip into circadian misalignment. When your internal body clocks fall out of sync with that of the sun and your social clocks. So this adjustment may be a good thing, may not be a good thing. But now what you're saying is it may not happen anyways, so the whole thing's a big mess. Well, it's definitely going to happen on Saturday mm-hmm. because we're going to do it again. But um, we should be aware that people are more prone to cardiovascular diseases like heart attacks, injuries, mental disorders, and immune-related issues Great. <laughs> because of the going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, does it mess with your church thing? Yeah, I hate it. Right? You fall back and you go, oh. Now, I mean, I love it on Saturday because I get an extra hour. But that's not the way it normally is. I mean, that's not the way it is in the spring, pardon me. Does anybody ever show up like, you know, have you ever done that? Showing up for church late or early? Before we had iPhones? Yeah. It happened every single (laughs) year. Really? Perpetually. Oh, the bass player isn't there. I don't know. There's oh. no drummer. There's no good. It always happened. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. happened. But now, since everybody's phone changes it for them, it doesn't happen Right. Anymore. It's good. It's like idiot proof. Yeah. Guess, so I right. think that that's pretty good. Fair do you enough. suffer any ill effects that you're aware of? I can't say I do. No. Mm-mm. Okay. No. The only thing I suffer is being very tired. The next day. Yes. Right. No, it's fine. I mean, whatever. It's, you just kind of have to surrender. To all the craziness, don't you? Like, I have no control over this. So what no, am I going to do? Yeah, you get can't upset, get about, upset it? about it. No, I mean, getting well, upset about it. it would be stupid. No, right. Right. I have a heart attack on the day I fall back. And you know, something crazy is <laughs> happening Saturday night. What? You're coming to my house for dinner. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Wait for a bowl of SpaghettiOs. May, listen, I have this new recipe for homemade SpaghettiOs, mm-hmm. and I've made it twice now. I just made it for the Halloween party. Yeah. It's a it, hit. It's a hit. Homemade SpaghettiOs. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, I mean, it heck? couldn't be more casual than that. This Very is good. not a dressy, this is no, you know, not course, a, right. a fancy event. I mean, I existed in college on SpaghettiOs. And these ones are actually good for you. Really? Like there's, yeah. Well, the ones in college weren't bad. Yeah, they were No, bad. they were, they were I fine. I mean, they tasted fine, but they they weren't good for you. A neat round spaghetti you can eat with a spoon. Right. Uh-oh, that's, SpaghettiO. That's, that has a shocking amount of sodium in it. Mm. And a lot of sugar in it, too. Yeah, here I am. Yeah, you'll be fine. I survived. Okay. All right, should we take a break? Yeah, coming up next, small church pastors and the struggle to move forward. Dr. Dean Weaver will join us next, live from Florida. Oh, really? Yeah. He's living the life, isn't isn't he? he? Holy smokes. He's got a tan. And in November, be right back. 101.5 WORD. Old Testament feasts like Passover and the Day of Atonement and the Feast of Tabernacles had special meaning for Jewish people in their immediate historical context, but they were also prophetic shadows of Jesus and meaningful for today's believers. Now, you can download the free booklet by Rabbi Schneider of Discovering the Jewish Jesus entitled God's Seven Holy Days, a comprehensive guide to understanding the fall holy days and how Jesus fulfills them. Download your free copy today at Word fm.com slash feast you were created for a purpose geneva college can help you find it follow it and fulfill it 
as you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others. Together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively as you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College, you were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1 800 940 6161. That's 1 800 940 6161. Or go to SelectQuote.com. That's 1 800 940 6161. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your love isn't confined to an advent calendar. It doesn't stop when the Christmas lights come down. When you donate to the Salvation Army's Red Kettle campaign, your love lasts all year long. It puts a present under someone's tree today and a roof over someone's head tomorrow. It brightens Christmas mornings and the hardest nights for hardworking families. Together, we love beyond Christmas. Support local families with a donation today at SalvationArmyWPA.org slash LoveBeyond. A couple of weeks ago at our church, um, and of course probably at your church as well, right? It was Pastor Appreciation Sunday. and you know, Because October is Pastor Appreciation Month. Right. Okay, so the, you know, there you are, your pastor. Everybody loves in your pastor, and I think that... Poor pastor. I mean, holy smokes. What a difficult job that is. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, got, he might have got a sheet cake or a, a watch or something like that or just a, you know, a, a public recognition. But I, I can't imagine, especially pastors in small churches, what that struggle must be oh, like. Oh, and, and I just thought of 10 things off the top of my head of that course. would be difficult for a small church. Right. And then layer, you know, two and a half years of COVID on top of that. Dean Weaver's with us. Dean's the uh, stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, co-founder, president, former president of Edu Nations. But Dean knows well what it is to uh, engage with pastors from the small church. Dean, welcome back, friend. Hi, guys. Good hey. to see you. Nice Good to, to see, see you, well. Dean. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, what I got for Pastor Appreciation Month this year? Nothing. Um, candy. A bowl of spaghettios. Hey, you could have done worse. Everybody loves spaghettios. I think so. How yeah, could you I, not love I would them? Have them right, I would have them right now, but I was just busy uh, setting my clocks back. I do it on Wednesday, the Saturday before. <laughs> oh, do you? Just just to get a jump on things. Yeah, it's 4.14 right now. Uh-huh. For me. Good job. Great. I think that's a really, 
Silly idea. <laughs> Along with that that one county in Arizona that refuses to comply. That's Ooh, also Dean. really He's silly. early again. Dean's mm-hmm. here again. I'm ahead of my time. Okay. I see what you did there. Dean, um, let's let's think about put ourselves in the position of the small church, um, but by virtue of talking about a big church. So we've had a lot of pastors on the air, especially during COVID, talking about how much they have lost as far as uh, attendance during COVID. Mm. And we've had, you know, um, people come on and say, well, we used to have 4,000 people at the church on Sunday, and now we only have 2700 or we had 100 now we've got 50 well that's the difference right it's a it it's a big thing when you go from 4000 to 2700 but to me it seems like it's a bigger thing when you go from 150 to 60 so uh, you guys probably didn't know this about me but the first church i served uh i started with uh, 15 people on a sunday morning wow. a little wow. church in indiana county wow um, those 15 people all had blue hair uh, the average age was 152, mm-hmm. um, and it was it was actually my grandma and grandpa's church. I wow. pastored at grandma and grandpa's church for seven years, a uh, great uh, congregation. Um, and so seven years, my first seven years in ministry, I pastored a small church. And, uh, you know, they have their own unique qualities and character traits. They're not program churches. They're uh, every church is relational, but the small church is particularly mm-hmm. relational. And and by particular, I mean, oftentimes, particularly for the small rural church, um, the relationship is familial. I mean, they're, they're oftentimes a small church can be two or three or four families uh, that really occupy 80, 90 percent of, of the congregation. So they tend to be matriarchal or patriarchal, usually matriarchal, um, and they're highly relational, uh, not programmatic. And interestingly enough, in terms of the attendance kind of things that you mentioned, less prone to seeing the same kind of dip that you would see in more suburban, urban, uh, larger churches. Um, So typically, uh, they didn't see the same loss of attendance that the bigger churches did because they're, they're largely families and neighbors and people have known each other for years and years and years. Now that's not true because the small in every church because small churches aren't any more monolithic than than large churches are. You have small churches in the country, small churches in the suburbs, small churches in the city, and the other kind of small church today, which is prolific, are church plants. Mm-hmm. The majority of the EPCs church plants, for example, gone are the days are the large church that moves in and kind of drops parachutes in a large group of people. Most of them are micro churches, house churches, uh, churches that are starting with 10, 15, 20 people, uh, and, and are even by design, when they get to 50 or 100 people, becoming other churches. They're, they're, they're by design never going to be more than 200 hmm, people, cool. which by definition, small churches is usually under 200 members thereabouts. So the, the churches that got hit the hardest from the membership or worship standpoint, uh, in in many respects, are the small church plants, particularly those that planted in 2018 and 19. The the, the churches that planted right before the pandemic got slaughtered and really, really hurt during the pandemic. Um, Where the small churches that are established really got hurt was they didn't have, in most cases, the infrastructure or technology to be able to pivot 
the way the larger churches did. So no online worship. Um, a lot of churches said, oh, we'll, we'll go on Facebook, where they kind of figured out the technology. Uh, a lot of small, particularly rural churches, um, the one pastor I talked to in a small rural church in uh, central Pennsylvania, uh, he said, my congregation, they don't even have any internet. Mm. Um, so being able to get online would mean nothing for them. Um, so it was literally, how do I record the sermons and drive them around to people's homes wow. and let them watch those kind of, so the small churches, uh, struggled initially financially. Uh, they didn't have online giving capacities the way larger churches did. Uh, they struggled in terms of trying to figure out how to worship together. Um, but they also were probably, um, ahead of other churches in terms of reassembling. So long before um, suburban and urban churches were regathering together, rural churches were doing it. They, they, they were meeting together way before a lot of their suburban and urban counterparts were, uh, because the further out you go in the country, the less uh, attention to government regulations people tend to, to keep. Right. So different sets of different sets of struggles um in different types of churches um but i will tell you the one thing all small churches had in common is the pandemic was brutal to the pastors because of the extreme sense of isolation they felt hmm. if you're in a multi-staff setting you had other people to talk to to commiserate with to plan with and pastors were never educated to move organizations quickly. They weren't, uh, we weren't educated with uh, adaptive leadership skills. And churches, particularly smaller churches, are not adept at, at pivoting quickly. So you have these organizations and these leaders who were not built or designed for these kind of rapid changes that we saw during the pandemic. And they had nobody to share the struggles with. And so what it did is it created a tremendous sense of isolation for the small church pastor. And those are, um, those are consequences we're still dealing with even today. Hmm, the isolation. So Dean, uh, as the stated clerk of the EPC, the Evangelical Presbyterian Church across the country, uh, you interface with small pastors, uh, pastors, of course, at large churches as well. We've talked about this, I'm sure you know this very well, that any number of pastors, what percentage have said, no more. I, I'm, it's, the COVID has been too difficult. I'm no longer going to be a pastor. Well, the, the, the statistics from Barna Research, which is probably the best numbers on this, puts it at about 42%. Wow. Um, now, if you couple that with the fact that we have in the next five or six years, the baby boomers aging out into retirement, depending on their retirement savings, they might not be able to retire anymore. But if they do retire, they're scheduled to retire in the next five to six years. If you look at that huge wave of baby boomers retiring and at 42% of the existing pastors thinking about hanging it up, um, we are going to have what you might call a pipeline crisis for the church in the very, very near future. And the EPC, we're working on it right now because we can't wait five years until after the fact to try to address it. And one of the places where that, that shortage of pastors is felt most keenly is in the small church. Because the small church, A, doesn't have the resources to pay a pastor what a, a larger church might do. So now you've got a pastor graduating from college and seminary with all that debt, has a young family, and they're going to a church that can't afford to pay them 
enough to really service that debt and provide for their family. So they'll look for suburban and larger churches and the places that are really being hit hard, where we have a lot of vacancies, where we have to get really creative is in the small and particularly the rural churches. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you mentioned technology at the beginning, hitting um, the small church community so much harder. I know, you know, I go to a small church or maybe a small to medium sized church, I guess, but comparing you know, and uh, Comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. We all know this in our personal lives. It's the same thing for churches, right? Is that you go online to a big mega church and you see what their service, their online service looks like or what it looked like during COVID. And then you look at your little church and what it looks like right, online, right. or you think that your little church can't get online because you don't have the technology for that or, you know, whatever it is, it is really, it can be a daunting thing to think about how to run a church in the digital age when you don't have a whole lot of capacity. Dean, what do you yeah, say? So, well, by way of perspective, Kathy, I would say what the small church doesn't have by way of the investment in infrastructure and technology, it has in spades when it comes to authenticity and relationship. So it might be that it's kind of a a low production quality Facebook thing that's being done, you know, on somebody's phone. Um, But if it's a small church that knows their pastor and loves their pastor and the pastor knows them and loves them, and that personal relationship is able to, to communicate even in a low quality, a kind of authenticity, um, I think, the larger church with high production value, it's more challenging to communicate authenticity mm-hmm. and relationship. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of have quality on the one side in, in authenticity and relationship on the other side. And I think, honestly, the trending we're seeing is that while I think that the large churches are always going to be with us, the trending suggests in Generation X and Generation Z a movement towards smaller churches interesting, because of the authenticity piece. Mm-hmm. So even if you can't do technology well, if the small church does something that is honest and authentic, I think it, it connects well with Gen X and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And as time goes on, the larger churches ought to share their resources with the smaller churches to help them rise in quality. And that that's a, that's a challenge, getting this large church to think beyond itself to how it can resource some of its brother and sister congregations that could use help with some of those things. So early on, for example, Kathy, one of the things my office did in the office of the General Assembly is our chief financial officer helped resource about 80 congregations to get online giving. Oh, yeah. None of those churches had online giving. And so financially, they were really stuck. No No offering plates, no online giving, mm. uh, they're dropping checks by the church. I mean, it was really tough but to, to just simply say, look, we have the expertise. We'll help you create a portal for online giving um, where people can go to a website and do that. And we'll make sure you, that was a great way that we were able to serve the small church, particularly at the, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think one of those kind of acts two, acts four, they have everything in common sort of questions is how do this, the church with resources support and encourage the church that's in isolation and may not have resources to think beyond themselves to the greater kingdom purposes, because the large church can help the small church when it comes to that kind of infrastructure investment and technology. 
the small church can help the larger church in terms of that that relational authenticity mm-hmm. that it has down because it's just the way it's wired. Dean, uh, obviously you spend all of your life now uh, working through these problems, big and small. I'm often struck by, and and Kath and I have had guests on the show, and this always amazes me, and of course it's probably more the norm, where you see pastors who are bivocational. They're working a day job, and then you know they're pastors during the week and on Saturday and Sunday as well. To me, that's off the charts. I mean, that, that requires a different kind of personality. So to, to nuance that a little bit, John, we now have bivocational and what we call co-vocational. Oh. So bivocational is I've got a, a, a day job, but I'm trying to build the church to a point where eventually the church could support me and I could step away from that, that other job. That was only ever a means to an end. Co-vocational is more, I intend to do this perpetually. I'm going to be a permanent tent maker. I work over here and I work here. It's a both and, not an either or. And what we're seeing is the the trending, particularly in uh, church plants, is this co-vocational model. Hmm. And that's now adapting into a lot of our small churches. By by mother being the necessity being the mother of invention, um, it's happening because a lot of these churches can't find someone or pay someone coming out of seminary what they need to make. So rather than do that, they find the person who who is also a, a school teacher or is also, you know, a, a pharmacist or also a farmer and actually does some of these things at the same time. And they realize, for example, that the, the first church I served was in a town of 800. Mm. We were never going to grow to become a mega church, and they were never going to have enough people to support, like, there were like eight churches in that town of 800. So they were never going to be able to support someone completely full time. You had to pair that with something else. And even if the church grew, it, it wouldn't be enough to be able to do that. So it's an increasing reality that co-vocational, um, whether it's in an established small church as kind of a creative model or increasingly in new church plants is actually probably the more dominant paradigm in terms of church planning right now. Interesting. Dean Weaver's with us. Dean, uh, we only have about a minute left, so I just want to ask you one closing question because I don't want to leave that, what you just said, hanging. Um, co-vocational can be a, a, you know, a great thing. I'm co-vocational because I like, you know, I like to do different things. Um, but some people, my concern about the co-vocational pastor is that it ends up to be the kind of thing where neither job can pay me enough. And so it just, and you end up, end up with a very frustrated person. Um, or a, even a cynical person over time, how, how would the church address that? Well, I mean, I think that's going to be on a case-by-case basis, Kathy, where, I mean, the, for example, we had a small church summit just a couple of weeks ago with about 35 EPC pastors uh, of small congregations, and the five guys that I was at a table with were all co-vocational, and they were all um, comfortable with the standard of, I mean, obviously, we would all like to, in this inflation economy, do a little bit better, but they were all doing okay, and that was not a tension for them because they knew what the church's capacity was, mm. and they accepted that, and they found a job that was going to enable to supplement that in such a way that they were able to support their family in a way that that was reasonable. So the, the church can make adjustments, like, for example, if it's a small church in the country and they have a manse or a parsonage, that could be part of the equation. Um 
offering flexibility, offering other benefits that might be in lieu of uh, financial support, like coming alongside for health insurance or something like that. Uh, I think every pastor, one of the benefits of being part of a denomination is the denomination can help the pastor negotiate those terms. So for example, in our denomination, every pastor has to have an approved terms of call where a committee, in our case, in the presbytery called the ministerial committee, says that's not adequate. And they negotiate with the church to make that adequate, which includes their retirement, vacation time, sabbatical usage, as well as their compensation. And if the church is unable to come up to standard on some of those things, then you work with the pastor who's co-vocational to figure out how they're going to get those two things to combine to what is going to be a standard of living that, that they can find acceptable. So, But that's going to be on a case-by-case, church-by-church, pastor-by-pastor basis. But one of the things that's beneficial is having somebody, an external person, group, in our case, a presbytery, that says, um, here are the minimum standards together, however you work this, it's got to meet that criteria. Very good. Dean, always a pleasure. We were in the weeds there a lot, but you bring clarity to us. Thanks so much for your time here. Always good. All right. Great seeing you guys. Thank you as well. Good to see you. Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. We'll take a quick break, reset. Does this make sense? That's next. Nothing in this world beats real life experience. Now, of course, a lot of us have sent our kids to college. There's a lot of classroom work and theory and whatnot. But then hopefully there's a day where the rubber hits the road Mm -hmm. and your kid goes out and spreads wings and becomes part of the real life environment of what it is to earn a living. And prior to that, the internship is what gets you ready. Right. That's the time when you're like kind of in the work world, but not fully in the work world. Right. And you're kind of trying to test your wings and ask the questions and get some guidance and maybe perform well enough that you could get somebody's attention later on and maybe get a job. Right. Now, at Grove City College, the opportunity for internships exists Mm -hmm. and people cement themselves inside of a, a corporation And once you graduate, then, I mean, the possibilities are endless. On campus, people come to Grove City and go, we know the nature, the quality Mm -hmm. of these students. This is an A+. We're invested in these students because we see what you produce. Count us in as corporate partners. So if that sounds interesting to you or something that might be appealing and a great thing for your child to strive for, consider Grove City College. Look them up online, gcc.edu. That's Grove City College. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. To buy a million million dollars of affordable term life for you all you need to do is call big lou at 800-333-1750 lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor call 800-333-1750 big lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford remember big lou's like you He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. 
101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. New federal guidelines have nearly doubled the number of black Americans eligible for lung cancer screening. Black men are the most likely Americans to die from lung cancer. And black people develop the disease earlier in life than others. Insurance companies are required to cover these tests for those ages 50 to 80 who smoke or used to smoke. If that's you, talk to a doctor about lung cancer screening. For more information and to find a screening center near you, visit the National Lung Cancer Roundtable at nlcrt.org. We'll see clear to partly cloudy skies for tonight with patchy late night fog and a low of 47. Patchy fog tomorrow morning, otherwise mostly sunny and mild. Tomorrow's high 68. Tomorrow night, clear skies with a low of 50. Partly sunny Friday. It'll be very warm. It'll be a nice afternoon for outdoor activities as well. We'll see a high of 73. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The passing of the plates. You mean at church? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I miss it. I miss it a lot. So it does make sense? So it makes perfect sense. Now, Uh, what do you mean you miss it? Well, there's a moment where, you know, we talk about, the church talks about giving and being part of that community. And then, you know, the ushers work their way up and down the aisle. I just think... And you're saying that's not happening now at your church? No, at my church it doesn't happen. You know, Since COVID. A little announcement and you know online giving. And, and by the way, if you are going to give, you've got something uh, after the service, you know, it's in the back there or something like that. Uh, Passing of the... But, okay, online giving, such it's way easier. It is. We do. We've done online giving sure. forever and ever. Sure. But there's something about that. I just think it's a... It's a communal thing that has gone by the wayside, and I, I miss it. That's all. So you think it does make sense? Mm, it makes what perfect if sense. they pass the plates and nobody puts anything in there? Well, then there is. Now, I do remember this. Whenever online giving first came to the, our church, you saw, I mean, there was hardly anything in there. And then, you, and then I felt bad or guilty. Right. Even worse. Right. So the plate makes it all the way to the back of the church, right. and, there's and there's nothing, nothing in it. And then all of a sudden, you're passing an empty plate from pew to pew to pew. Jeez, yeah, no. That's see, rough. Right, it's really rough. I said, does that make so, sense? Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to talk him out of it. Yeah, you are kind of talking me out of it because I did I did see that more often than not. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, though. I, did, I think it makes sense. See, the passing the plate does make sense. But you know what? Here's the thing. But no one's given, so. But so then it doesn't make sense. Right. Well, we've never had does this make sense. I changed my mind. It doesn't make sense. Oh, I think it does make All sense. All right. All right. All right. Does this make sense? The work uniform with the name on it. Oh, so you're maybe you're a mechanic, you're a caddy. You're right. What? Years ago, I, I had a problem with our basement drain in some company I called. The guy showed up and his name was like Mr. Clog. And I said to him stupidly, that's really interesting. Your name's Mr. Clog. <laughs> Did you mean Mr. Clog? You're in the right business. He looked at me like I was, you know, an idiot, which of course I was. But now no when I see that... this guy had to call me to clear his drain. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then you see like guys named just like their name, Joe. And you think, I don't really need to know your name unless I really wanted it. I would ask you your name. But why do they make people do that? Why do you have to have someone's name on your uniform? Does that make any sense? Isn't it friendly? 
No, it's not friendly. No. It's someone's name. No, I agree. I don't think that makes sense, I John. I mean, Mr. Clog was not friendly. How about if you're a caddy? You don't have your own name on you. You have you have the golfer's name. Right. That's worse. No, it's fine because at the end of the event you're making a check. So. Well, yeah, except no one knows who you are. Right. Like maybe that's better. Maybe it's a bunch of introverts who are caddying. Doesn't, Doesn't make, make sense. sense. 101.5 WORD Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New, new music for King and Country. Love me like I am. Joy in the morning from Taryn Well. Hey girl, Ann Wilson. Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. You could sail the Mediterranean with Bible teacher Alistair Begg, August of 2023, stopping at several locations the Apostle Paul visited on his missionary journeys. Together we'll have the opportunity to visit ancient churches, museums, fortresses, and stroll some of the most beautiful avenues in the world. For details, log on to deeperfaithcruise.com or call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519. You were created for a purpose. Geneva College can help you find it, follow it, and fulfill it. As you boldly answer God's call to live faithfully and intentionally in service to others, together with Geneva, you'll embark on a journey of discovery with professors and peers who are integrating faith and learning, thinking constructively and creatively. As you learn to understand your world, develop expertise in your field of study, and find meaning and purpose in your life's work. Ranked one of the best value schools in regional universities north by U.S. News and World Report, Geneva offers over 195 undergraduate majors and programs to help you discover the compelling significance of God's calling. Geneva College, you were made for this. Explore what interests you at geneva.edu slash academics. Trish heard one of our radio ads recently and gave us a yell. Ryan, she said, I keep hearing that mortgage interest rates are annoyingly up, but I'll keep it real. I'm struggling with bills. I haven't taken a vacation in years, and my back patio looks like Godzilla visited. And then I keep hearing how much home values have gone up. Would it be wrong to pull that new cash out of my home to use for this stuff? It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And yes, rates are annoyingly up. And so for some, it could be wrong to do a cash out refinance. But for others, the recent home value rush is still a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Trish eliminated her credit card debt, turned the backyard into an oasis, and kept some money back for a vacation and rainy days. And her plan is, when these annoying rates settle back down, she'll refinance then to lower the rate. If you're curious what a cash-out refinance would look like for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melbourne, New York. And a lesson number 1330. Pennsylvania Department of Banking and Securities. Mortgage lender license 22672. Today's National Stress Awareness Day, John. Oh, for heaven's sake. Yep. Like every day should be National Stress Awareness yeah. Day, right? Do you, do you consider yourself a stressful person? Uh, yeah, it's kind of trailed off there. I mean, <laughs> I certainly have a lot of stress. Sure, but I don't. I try not to be a stressed out person, but it, I don't know how successful I am. Yeah, oftentimes I think my stress is self manufactured. 
Yeah, some, yes. I'm sure that right. that's the case with everybody like, a lot of the time. Not that I'm like, you know, drama queen or something like that, but, you know, you get a little ramped up there. Yeah, sure. Break out in hives. In March of this year, the American Psychological Association revealed that 41% of U.S. adults say their stress levels have increased since the start of COVID. Really? It, it makes me stress to talk about stress. Does it really? Yeah. Well, I'm sorry because get a little for, the next, here, for the next few minutes, you might be a little upset by things. Okay, so listen Woo! to this. Thank you. <laughs> I love our fan. Uh, an organization called Plush Care has Plush analyzed Care. 4 million tweets. Okay. <laughs> because they say Twitter offers up-to-the-minute micro-reports mm. on who's feeling stressed about what. Okay, so they decided to go to Twitter. And so they are looking at what people are most stressed about. Okay? I'd say they, they're, they're most stressed about the name of the company. Could be. Plush Care. And, are you kidding me? And which U.S. states are most stressed and what uh, aspect of modern life triggers that in that state. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Okay. Right, Which right, I think right. is pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. So 4 million geotagged tweets from 340 major U.S. cities. So it's a pretty big study. Holy smokes. Um, and they have chronicled this in a very long report um, that I have here. About stress. In my, in my hands. Um, I will give you the top 10 most stressed states okay. and the bottom 10 mm. least stressed states. Okay. Um, how about we start least stressed? Yeah, that's very, okay. That's very good. The very bottom, the least stressed state in the union, according to uh, four and a half million uh, tweets. Let me guess. Wait, the number one least stressed state? Yes, this is the lowest on the stress level. Someplace by the ocean. Okay, mm, that's correct. Someplace sunny and warm. Yes. Um, someplace probably if you're by the ocean and sunny and warm, that there's not a lot of tourists, because that would make you stressful. Okay. Um, I would say it's either North or South Carolina. You're right. Hey. It's South Carolina. Hey. I'm very impressed by Excellent. that. Very impressed by that. South Carolina, the least stressed state South in Carolina. the union. Yeah, cause... Okay, moving up towards stressful. This is the very bottom, South Carolina. Then we have Mississippi. What? Now, oh, yes. So these, these are very, very low stress yeah. areas. Okay. Mississippi, South Dakota. Oh, I've been, yeah. New Jersey. No, that doesn't I don't understand sense. that. Rhode Island. Connecticut, Georgia, Louisiana, Alabama, Kansas, North Dakota. Huh. So those are the the ten least stressed states in the union, according yeah. to this study. Mm-hmm. Most stressed. Number ten, Pennsylvania. Oh yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, so the percentage of tweets that are sent out that are high that are considered high stress. Yeah. Forty-three percent. I stress. Yes. I stress. Yeah. Number nine, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. I see, yeah, me too. I see that exactly. Yeah. Number eight, Washington. Uh, D.C. Nope. Or the state of Washington. State of. Well, yeah. yeah. Seven, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Well, too much weed. Yeah, right. Six, Minnesota. Five, Alaska. Uh-huh. Four, Nevada. Three, Oregon. Two, Utah. Wait, let me try to guess the number one. Number one most stressed state in the union. Most stressed. Most. So it's not. Stressed. It can't be Washington D.C. No, because that's not a state. Right? Florida was already in the mix, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, this this would be weird. I think maybe like uh, uh, was Alaska in there? 
Alaska, it was in there, number yeah. five. Okay, then I'm going to go the opposite tack. Uh, Hawaii. Because, You're right. Hey. How do you guess that? Because you know what? I've read about Hawaii, that people are <laughs> the people in Hawaii who live there, the stress comes from all the tourism. Right? Ah, yes. And, okay. So they broke it down. There, I mean, there's a lot of data here, and it is actually is very interesting to me. Um, different states experience different types of stress. Right. Like, for example, in New Hampshire, they say that that has the America's worst career stress. Where? New Hampshire? New Hampshire. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but in Hawaii, it's relationship stress. Yes, I would imagine, right? Because it's this beautiful place, and everybody wants to live there, and you're yes. just trying to – and plus, I'm sure it's super expensive. You're trying to carve out your little niche, yep. and you despise the people that re, you know give you your living in some way. Wish they would go away, but if they go away, then my livelihood goes away. We own a radio station there. Oh, we that's do right. Own a radio we do a radio there. station yep. in Hawaii. And I have a friend who uh, that works at a radio station. We have a hard time getting employees. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cost of living. People to move there. Right. Yeah. Cost of living too high. Sure. Um, Montana suffers the most post COVID stress. What? Montana? Montana. I think there might be no stress. It's so wide open. Because the education sector is so poor in Montana and it's such a place of high pressure and expectation for teachers and students. Studies have showed that a lack of self-belief in students can lead to high stress levels. That impacts results. It further diminishes your lack of self-confidence. Further diminishes your self-confidence. And then there is has been very little funding for mental health issues to be addressed in, in schools. Wyoming. They've been uncoordinated efforts. It's like a ranching yeah, farming been, community right, in Wyoming. A lot right? of issues related it's to like education. Montana, right? Alaska has the highest level of social media stress. Really? Because people live far apart. Yeah. And so they rely on social media for a lot of their interaction. And any interaction on social media is fraught with issues related to comparison, Mm -hmm. related to that person skinnier than me or more beautiful than me or richer than me or whatever it is. Oh, my gosh. Turn that off. Just turn that off. The worst levels of news-related stress are in Oregon. News? Really? In Mm -hmm. Portland? Yeah. I've got family in Portland. Yep. They would like that, to and leave. That doesn't surprise you, no, right? He's trying. He's trying to get the get heck out, out of here. there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, in all of this, all of this Twitter information uh, from this study, uh, this company, what's it called? Plush Care. Plush Care. Listen, don't pick on the name Come of their on, company. It's Maybe their last name, name is Plush. It's, and wouldn't you feel bad if it was? It's. it's, it's, it's Maybe listen. A key to tackle the effects of stress is. To try to tackle it the moment you experience it, if you no, can, I, if you can, okay? And it's also important to understand that you're not the only person who's stressed, and so that there are people all around you who go through the same thing and have a lot of the same struggles, yeah. and so you can kind of, like, take yourself out of the isolation paradigm. That everybody else, we're all and suffering we're, we're kind together. Of, we're kind of all in. Right. And here are a couple <laughs> other techniques based on what they uh, have studied. To reduce your stress. Number one. Okay. Limit the time you spend consuming news media. Thank you. I think that is so mm-hmm. important. Stay off the board. I really do. So in my house, I'm not trying to brag. I'm saying that we're two pathetic people who finally came up with something that works, my husband and I, which is we don't pay attention to any news media at night. So my husband gets all his news in the morning. We get our news, you're, you and me, during the days we're preparing for work. And then in the evening, we you don't do any news. Do you? 
None. Absolutely no news. So that's helped us. You know. Relatively. Exactly. Number two, exercise regularly, maintain a balanced, healthy diet, mm. develop a bedtime routine that will allow you to get a good night's sleep each night, mm. talk to people you trust, and take the time to foster healthy, actual relationships. Not online. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, practice deep breathing, meditation, and hum. other relaxation techniques. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate humming. Mm-hmm. But I would put prayer in there mm-hmm. uh, and acknowledge your stress levels and be sure to reach out and get professional help if it's getting worse or you feel like it's unmanageable right. or getting Thank in you. the way. No wonder you're stressed, John. Why? What's you don't do on? any of those things. No, you're right. I really don't. <laughs> I, really, I, really, I don't. I'm, I'm, that's a I pretty good point. I didn't yeah. want to say that out loud. That's but it makes two pretty, of us. You said that. That's a pretty I know, good yeah. point. What the heck? Yeah. That is a pretty See, I'm all, I'm all jittery here while you're talking about this. Yeah. What the heck? All right. But a lot, lot of people are suffering in the same way, John. Doesn't that give you some solidarity with the masses? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm humming. That's my, no. my stress reducer. There okay. it is. All right. All right. Well, thanks for that update. I mean, I tried to help. Yeah. Joe, Pennsylvania. We're top 10. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply just don't like how it works, well, right now, during open enrollment, is a perfect time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the industry. That's double. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for 30 years. It's shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. And here's why now is the perfect time to make the switch. If you join MediShare Complete by January 1st, they will waive your new member fees and you'll save an additional 10% off your first year. That's right. No fee to join, 10% off every month for all of next year. But again, it's a limited time offer. So yeah, you're not stuck. You've got a great option. Call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things. Like by our world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's. So thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter code SLEEK at checkout. That's harrys.com, code SLEEK. Enjoy. Meet Brad. Brad's hard at work, or at least his website is. Ever since he added live chat with Salem Surround, Brad's customers are getting their questions answered 24-7. Website purchases have gone up 35%, and they're over three times more likely to buy from him again. No bots, just real people helping real people. Live chat. One of the easiest, most affordable ways Salem Surround can increase your business while you do other things or nothing at all. Ask us how at surroundpittsburgh.com. Hi, I'm Kyle at blindster.com. 
I sell custom-made blinds, shades, and shutters that are easy to install at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are custom-made for your windows, and I guarantee they'll fit. Don't hire a pro. Do it yourself and save big at Blindster.com. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Okay, so the Phillies won the uh, National League pennant. And, of course, whenever your team wins, people flood to the downtown area, and they have the celebration. So... uh, one of the guys uh, who was part of the, uh, the group, the, the throng, his name is Jim Lindruth. He's 29. He was there with a group of friends, and uh, he was passing out little cans of beer to the crowd. And caught the eye of another woman and a woman and handed her a beer. And he said to her, I, I got separated from my friends. And she said, get on my shoulders and you can see above the crowd. <laughs> so that's exactly what. Was that a big dude? He looks pretty big. Is she a big woman? I, I don't know. I mean, she didn't look like a big woman. She looks strong. Anyway, this guy jumped on this woman's shoulders. Someone took a photograph. And then he got off her shoulders because he found his buddies, said thanks, and then walked away. But then he started thinking about it. And he thought, you know what? Maybe I should do like a little post and, you know, try to, you know, track this woman down. So um, he wrote this post um he said this is where we need your help we believe that this woman uh, could be my friend jim's his buddy wrote this post my friend jim's future wife oh mm-hmm. um the woman was hot thirsty kind and sturdy which <laughs> checks all the boxes for jim's ideal mate kind and sturdy yep hot thirsty kind and sturdy please help us find her so that we can let this fateful interaction blossom into the love story that all phillies fans deserve so uh, the blurb went out, and then people started, you know, goofing on it and, you know, making fun of them, inside jokes. Someone said, hey, Jim, he once saved me and my entire family from a bear attack. We owe him our lives. Anyway. So everybody's on Jim's side. Yep. The woman, like a few hours later, saw the post. Jim, she says, I'm so glad you found your friends. So uh, it took off, and oh, and somebody in media said, this couple should go to game four <gasps> of the World Series on a blind date. And that's exactly what's going to happen. No! And it's going to happen tonight. Isn't that cool? Jim and what's her name? Her name is Megan. Jim and Megan yep. are going to go on a blind date tonight. Yep, at a, at a World oh. Series game. I mean, that's a long time. But you're going to watch a World Series game. How fun can that is be, Is it in right? Philadelphia? It is in Philadelphia. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so an good. epic story. Now, wait, that's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure. Wouldn't you be? Uh, be scary. Listen, you know, you told me one time you'd never been on a blind. I never date. was. I never once. Believe. Gary, were you ever on a blind date? Nope. Oh never. my! See? What you? Guys. No, thank goodness. That'd be horrible. I would oh, hate something like that. Of course, you. Of course, you hate it. You've been That's... on how many blind dates have you been on? Two that I remember. Mm. Could have been mm. more than that. I blocked. Was out. it just coffee or was it like a? Oh a no, meal? it was a date. It was oh. way before I drank coffee. I mean, I don't drink coffee now, but it's way before the age where I would have been drinking coffee. But you know, a blind coffee date. At least you know. I oh no, it was a di- like. Oh. Oh, let me take you out for dinner. No, that's not good. Oh, it was awful. So these guys. I mean, it's it's a ball game. It's a World Series game. That's probably four hours. But you're watching a ball game. Doesn't matter. It's still a lot plus. Of you know, media is going to be there. all over. Media set it up. So they're going to come by and go, hey, how's, how are things? Okay, here would be what the worst part. Mm. What if one 
party really likes the other party and that other party doesn't feel the same way. Well, that's that's right. the worst thing. That's just dating I mean, in one general. Thing, it, like the, the two blind dates I went on, we were both no like, there's nothing Get here. me out of here. Get me out of here. So it was fine. But what if it's like devotion on or potential devotion on one side right. and zip coming back? What if during the game, a foul ball goes into the stands, one of them catches it, and they go, it's divine intervention. We've been destined to be with each other. Well, that's, cor- there you <laughs> that's go. of course what the fan likes it. Exactly. I don't know. I think it's a cool story. People, you know how difficult it is for, I know, for to, p- to find 20-somethings, each other. 30-somethings to yeah. meet. Yeah. So God bless them. Hopefully it's a home run. I am super excited about the whole thing. I can't wait. Go Jim. Go Megan. And did we say go Phillies? Oh, yeah. Go Phillies. Yeah, not for the Astros. Go Astros. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.